the future of photography. And welcome to the future of photography. Today we have Emer. Hi. Hi. And Adrian. Hey there. How you doing? And myself. Uh, Chris is off uh, this week, uh, but will return shortly. Um, and today's episode is all about abstractions, and uh, we're calling it "Driven to Abstraction." <laughs> well, you've got to have a one-liner title, haven't you? You got to people catch people's eye when they're looking through their podcasts. That's it. <laughs> so, you know, part of part of the thinking uh, that I've I've been kind of going through around what photography is, how do we define a photograph, is is also what begins as a photograph and then becomes something else, becomes a pattern and what those patterns do to us in terms of our responses. Um, is photography a, a viable medium for abstraction? Um, how is new technologies, how are new technologies encouraging or making the process of exploring abstraction easier for us and how will that continue to do so as it evolves? Um, how do we use abstraction to really distill um, the ordinary or explore the unknown? Um, these are things that are really kind of um, great ways to take your camera out and and sometimes you, you're not really completely inspired uh, by a kind of formal street landscape light image. But when you narrow it down and you start to look beyond the kind of obvious, you start to really have a different appreciation for nature. And, um, and I think that's why this topic is interesting because uh, looking for abstractions is a way of reconnecting with the image in new ways that may not be as obvious. So, talk amongst yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'd love to be getting some with you. <laughs> um, so, it, it's interesting. Photography, abstract, I mean, you know, some some photography, the, uh, abstract photography has been a part of photography since very early on, hasn't it? And, you know, uh, 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 whether by accident or by design. Uh, and so I think the, the 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 two the two are intertwined, um, and I think oh, I'd like to pick up on, on on the question of is photography a viable medium for abstraction? Because because I have I have a point to make on that. I think um, make it <laughs> well. Thank, thank you. I shall don't hold back <laughs> because. Yeah, so so often we talk about you know uh, photographic composition as being at least in part and and sometimes in large part an exercise in reduction. It's not what you put in the frame; it's what you take out, and that's what helps your image making makes your images make sense in a lot of ways. It gives uh, some clarity of the subject, perhaps, or you include uh, just sufficient uh, uh, other stuff that it gives context to your subject. But uh, actually, a lot of composition is is about reduction. And, and if that's the case, right, isn't all photography just by definition abstract? Isn't that what that abstract means? Absolutely. Perfectly put. Um, oh, you know, I, I got it right. Is that the end of, is that the, end of the show? You then? did. You did. Because as, as a photographer, 
one can wander the world and the possibilities of capture are infinite. But once we apply a frame to it and a, a, a point of focus from um, from our own, I think John Sarowitzki, whatever his pronounce his name, used to be the photographic curator of um, MoMA, I think. Oh, I know that name. Was he uh, the first person to put Eggleston on? I, th- I believe so. But yeah. he used to say that, you know, within your own co- cone of vision, um, it is no longer just you make it finite. And that's what defines your aesthetic and your view of the world. And I think the same thing applies for um, abstractions and, and how much abs- abstraction we integrate into our image making. I mean, there are photographers and, you know, I'll go back to the twenties here. Man Ray very famously did some beautiful abstract work, which was just form and not really function, but form and light um, drawing from uh, what was going on, I think in, in Soviet painting at the time. Is that right? I uh, mean, I know Man Ray was, was, think so. was a, a, a cornerstone of the, the Parisian, the surrealist movement in, in Paris in that time. Yes. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. But I suppose if you look at what was going on in the wider world then as well, with all everything that was happening in psychology and Freud and then Carl Jung and all that stuff, it just people just their appetite for, you know, kind of the subconscious things or invisible things. And it is that kind of feed into it a little bit as well. Yes. I think, anyway. uh, and I think the relationship between painting and photography mm-hmm. has always been one that is co-joined but also tenuous uh, maybe a little competitive in in some ways um those of us who became photographers because we didn't think we could paint well enough or <laughs> that's me <laughs> <laughs> and it is that there it's that there's also that that wonderful quote that chris gave us last week isn't there about that that you know photography could never be considered an art form and admittedly that was a view from 1906 so it's it, yeah, it's over a century old. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but when, we, when we kind of really drill down on abstraction, I, I do think that there is so much to, um, to be gained. Like if, if some of our listeners have never uh, practiced that, I think it would be a great exercise to go and make a picture that is not, quote, of the world, that oh. is something more dreamlike. Um, there's so many fun ways to do that. I mean, we could use long time lapses. We can use uh, slow shutter work. Um, we can concentrate on defocus. Uh, we can paint with light. And now, you know, talk about the future with these small LEDs or LEDs connected to drones or photographers doing beautiful work where they'll go out at, at um, just at last light and fly their drone uh, in a very specific pattern with a light attached, keep the shutter open and you don't see the drone, but you see the shapes of the light. Um, there's, you know, our, our kind of fundamental attraction to smoke and water and how, uh, how the, the kind of materials move and, and, and condense and, and refract, um, Macro photography is is a way of of drilling down and seeing nature in a more abstract way. Um, 
And when I say abstract, I just mean something that's out of context, maybe. Mm. That's a good way of putting it, abstract to something out of context, because I've been thinking about this in, in preparation for this conversation. And it occurs to me that uh, that uh, to, to be abstract or, or, or the act of abstraction is more of a spectrum or a scale uh, than it is a, you know, a, 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 an absolute it's not either you know photorealistic or abstract you know black and white one or two mm. it's i think that i think there's there's definitely an argument that it that is a spectrum uh, because i i um uh, one photographer whose work i really like is is Saul Leiter um, oh, yeah. and if you look at his color street photography uh that uh, he, I, mostly from the 1960s i think uh, he he uh, he is definitely uh, you know abstracting in the way that he composes those images. Sometimes the images themselves are sharp and, and instantly recognisable, but they're they're taken through a, a slit, so you can only see part of the scene or something like that because he's pointed it through a gap in a fence or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes he uses rain on windows and, and and condensation on windows to make it all blurry and stuff like that. But I, I think I I would I would argue that actually Saul Leiter's street photography has definite signs of abstraction in it maybe not all the way down the spectrum but at least somewhere there well let me posit a question to both of you would you consider a uh, a, let's let's take an image by Cartier-Bresson you know the the man leaping over the puddle Ah, at at the Jardin right so that's a very very well-known Cartier-Bresson shot it is pure black and white effectively a little gray very contrasty very beautiful and compare that with um, a extraordinarily realistic color portrait from Rembrandt, and 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 think, which of those images is more abstract? The black and white photograph arguably is completely abstracted. It bears very little resemblance to the real world, and yet we go, oh, that's a real moment. And then when we look at beautifully rendered and some of his portraits are so amazing that you can't even see the brush strokes they're so yeah. fine they look like photographs to us mm-hmm. who now there so that appears to be more realistic mm-hmm. and yet when we experience that painting we know it's a painting that's what makes it so mm-hmm. magic even though the abstract black and white photograph we go that's a real moment so mm-hmm. I think culturally we've really blurred the lines between what is abstract and what is real. And I think that's to your point. Everything is just based on a context of how we look at it, how we see it and how we experience it. I think I'd agree with you that the, uh, in the, between those two examples, I think I would say that the, the photograph uh, is more abstract um it, it is it's almost uh graphic isn't it really that particular image um uh because there there is uh you know um it is almost as you say but very black and white it it is um it's interesting that isn't it because of course the intent there wasn't to create an abstract image no um yeah it, it you know uh, and if you are searching for uh, as he so famously did if you're searching for a a decisive moment um then then that's to, to that's to capture something real worldy isn't it that that's not looking for abstraction necessarily and yet uh you know it, with that particular case with that particular image the, that that's exactly what came out so do we think do we do we think perhaps that um 
I think there's probably an element of that too, abstraction, is there? Experimentation is such a big part of it. And that's why it's fun for when you're starting out to, because it's so open and free and you can kind of point your camera anywhere and you're not kind of defining yourself by the usual rules of, you know, composition or trying to frame a landscape or mm. that's really kind of loosen you up a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. The the other, the other thing is, is I, I think that, that freedom of, uh, you know, we're talking about the process of capture, right? But if we talk mm-hmm. about the process of post-production, of editing, you know, um, you know, challenge that we could take any of our, quote, worst photographs, things that are just flat and dull and <laughs> partially out of focus, that didn't really complete the intention mm-hmm. of what we wanted to experience or present when we took the picture, so you take that picture and put it in a editing program that you're familiar with. You can create something absolutely magical with it that has nothing or little to do with its original content. Uh, I, a few years ago, I did a series of pictures, taking them off my website, but I like them there. I found an old, old personal postcard book or photo book of a family that was in steerage on a, on a ship to, you know, to or from, um, I, 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 yeah, somewhere in Europe to mm-hmm. somewhere in America. And I just found it at a jumble sale and picked it up. Wow. Some of these photographs were so incredible. And, and so what I did is I re-photographed some of these people in it, but, you know, very close because these are wide group shots and used the, you know, use the kind of element of of flattening, and and I kind of put it through a process to, to kind of get rid of the pixelation that that happened when I scanned it and smoothed it, and they became something else. They became haunting kinds of pictures. But my point is, because I do have one, is is that you you can take any image and create another image out of it just the way we can take uh, a moment and instead of a direct capture of quote, what we perceive as reality unquote, is do something that is fundamentally different. Oh yeah, absolutely. So there's two different descriptions there, isn't there? There's, there's Ema's description about it being free and easy. And then there's your description, Jeremiah, about it being, being very deliberate and, and, and selective yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Ema, have you got any room in, in your description for, for the, the deliberate pursuit of abstraction? <laughs> well, I think the whole act of kind of going out looking for it, like, as you said earlier, it would be a good challenge for people to, to just go. It's, it just makes you look at everything differently. And macro especially is fun in that um, you definitely see things and especially in in the context of nature, like I do like to do that sometimes, get really close up to things and just uh, I love a texture anyway. So um, it, that becomes something else entirely and they're like little kind of microcosms of, I think experimentation is a lot of it. I'm not deliberate really in anything that I do. But then again, I'm not doing it for the same reasons. I say this every week. But um, yeah, well, Emer, it's a Emer, different mental process for me, I think. <laughs> have you ever gone out with a, um, a very, very intense 
dark um, ND filter on, on the camera uh, and, and in, in low light and set the exposure to, you know, wh- whatever it would, ha- you know, whatever yeah. your ca- camera could handle, like, you know, mm. a two second exposure, a mm. 2.8, you know, that's, yeah. but in, in, in daylight or in low light or whatever, and just, you know, without overcomposing, just like mm. hold your camera pointed, shoot it, you know, move it a bit, don't move it a bit, breathe, you know what I mean? Mm. Side to side up and down. You'd be unbelievably surprised at how wonderful some, some, not all, some yeah. of these images are. But even in that, there's, there's that element of experimentation, like, you know, moving your camera. You don't really don't know what you're going to get, like, before mm. you've done it, like. You don't know what the results. Uh, ah, interesting. So you, you've you've blended the two there, Emo, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, there's deliberate and then there's deliberate, but I don't know what I'm. You know, in a way, you you don't know what the result is going to be. You can you can do experiments and then pick the best result, and that's deliberate. Uh, but and there's learning in that then, because I suppose you do know for that over time, then you get to know exactly the process of how I want it to look like this, so I need to move my camera this way, and then I need to move it that way, and I need to use this filter for so many seconds, and I'm going to... Still, it'll be a surprise, right? It's still (laughs) going to be a surprise. But, Adrian, to your point, isn't all capture moments a surprise when we see them? Even under the most controlled... (laughs) Occasionally, I try and actually point my camera in a sensible direction. Um, No, uh, but uh, I'm getting at something different. Like, even when you're you're lit beautifully, you're controlling it, uh, your subject is there, your subject is still, you're composed, you press the shutter button, you still don't know exactly what the final image is going to be. No, you, you, haven't, you don't. You, you don't. And although I have I have to say, actually, um, uh, that in the last, well, for me, five years, but for, for the camera manufacturing industry, maybe 10 years now, um, uh, the, the, the gap between what you see in the viewfinder and what you capture uh, has been, that gap has shrunk considerably with the advent of electronic viewfinders. Um, you know, I, uh, it, it's a while, uh, uh, it's a while since I've shot a digital camera with an optical, with a purely optical viewfinder. Um, and, uh, you know, of course when I shoot with film cameras, it's, it's, it's always that way, but the, I find with my digital cameras, I really like the fact that you can see in the viewfinder what it's something that's much closer to, to what you, what you want to try and capture. But, but that, 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 that perhaps removes some of the, the technical abstraction and, and perhaps some of the serendipity as well. But the, um, you know, if you do a lot of portraits, so I suppose, and, and you probably, um, you do a lot of portraits with your kids in them. So I suppose, you know, the turn of an eye or um, just the, the slight shift of an expression, that can be a complete surprise, I'm sure. Sometimes. It, it can. Think, it can. You know, especially try to get a child to do anything you tell them to do. Yes. They're like, they're going to probably do the opposite, but that's half the... It, it it is it is actually and, and funnily enough i find that often is easier with a you know a, a big clunky traditional slr um because for some reason maybe it's persistence of vision or something like that is when 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 that when that uh, viewfinder blacks out as as the mirror comes you know, as the mirror flips mm-hmm. out of the way 
um, you can tell immediately whether you caught them blinking or whether they had their eyes open. Um, yeah, but whereas I find that more difficult on on uh, an electronic viewfinder. But I think, uh, but I think the the yeah, there's a there's a technical abstraction. Um, but then I think there's the then there is the the creative abstraction perhaps and and you know um it, it, i think that the, it's interesting now picking up on something that ema said a few minutes ago you know we, when we started talking about post-production techniques and and you know let, let's let's dive straight down into world of you know apps that you can run uh, on your computer or your tablet or your phone um uh, one of the one of the abstraction apps that that I've used for probably ten years actually because it's been around for a while and I'm sure I've mentioned it before on the podcast uh, especially when we've talked about things like glitch art um, it is an app called Decimate and I'll put a, a link in the oh, show yeah. notes. I haven't used that for years. Uh, no, but it's still, like it's still around yeah. and it's fantastic. Yeah. And do you know what? Um, the reason for mentioning that, and I ha- there's another one which is called something like Glitch Art Studio, which I've tried as well, but never really gelled with, not because it's a bad app, mm-hmm. but, but but the reason I've never really gelled with it is that in, in the app Decimate, it's very much about setting parameters and then mm-hmm. running re- running the algorithms until you get something that you like. Mm. Um, whereas in glitch art, it's very much more of a, so, so you could call that a probabilistic process <laughs> for post production. It's kind of gamification of it. It is. Almost. It is a bit. It is yes, a bit. it's a, certainly gamification in the sense that it is a game of chance. Um, mm. And then, but the 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 other one I referred to, glitch art studio, is very much more deterministic rather than probabilistic. And you have to set out and say, okay, I want this kind of effect, and I want to place mm-hmm. it over there, and I want it with a, you know X level of opacity. And I find that for me personally. Personally, that's a lot harder to create a, a satisfying image with, and so I think there there is you know there is an element for me with the abstract stuff of of rolling the dice, uh, and and seeing what I learn, and then building on what I learn, and and things like le- learning the tools, but but being perhaps more reliant on the tools, maybe because I can't paint. I don't know. <laughs> well, can we can we agree that that one of the benefits of of exploring the world of abstraction in photography is serendipity is freedom is not having an attachment to a final picture but Mm. just exploring the randomness of what can occur and then it may happen in the camera it may happen in post but i think the exploration of serendipity is really the point um and out of that may come absolutely beautiful form something that can be repeated maybe not um but that gives our 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 photographic uh, sensibilities somewhere to go and somewhere to refresh um i think the tools that are available to us is a great example are tools that make it easier for us to explore serendipity whether you know you're using a tool that needs a lot of control and that you may be, if that's all you're using, affects a mastery of it after years and years of practice. And then they go, this app is no longer supported. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's annoying when that happens. I did, che- I did when check. when you know how to do it. I right? did check, actually, before the show, because I needed a link for the show notes. I did check that Decimate is still available, and it is. And that's how, and, and it was first launched in, in 2010. And, and it, you know, and, and uh, still, the most recent update was fairly recently. But Excellent. the, yeah, it is. I think, um, 
uh, I think going back to the question at the top of the show of is photography a viable medium for abstraction? I think Jeremiah, you've 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 just given us a positive proof on that because yeah. you know a a, a more um, uh, a more deliberate, uh, more manual way of cr- uh, of making images um, uh, surely must remove some of that serendipity. Now you could you could you could sure I'm sure track a, an evolution of uh, chaotic art from Rembrandt through Jasper Johns or Jackson Pollock. That's a great example of yes. of a controlled ab- abstract painter. Mm. Um, that that might be the person process. I was thinking of actually. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> where the latter was. Uh, Jasper Johns would have been a lot more deliberate. I would yes, think. he's painting flags and whatnot. Yeah, but we yeah. won't we won't harp on that art history <laughs> error. But um, the 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 point is, freeing the body, freeing the mechanism, freeing um, the 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 process of of making art, say. Uh, can be enabled by tools. And as we find ourselves moving um, into a future that is connected with more and more sophistication of tools, um, being able to be um, uh, explore our serendipity uh, is easier than ever. And so with that, maybe we should move along to some picks. Sure. Shall I go first this week? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I, I've got a pick, um, uh, which um, I, I'm not sure whether it undermines the concept of abstract or, 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 or just makes it more accessible to people. My, my pick actually is uh, a, 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 an article or a, how to, a how-to article called Abstract Photography for Beginners, Nine Tips for Capturing Stunning Abstract <laughs> Images. And, and uh, th- this, is, this comes from uh, 42 West, which is the, uh, the learning site uh, provided by Adorama, the famous New York oh, yeah. uh, re- uh, camera retailer. Um, so, you know, I saw this and I thought, well, do you know what? Actually, you know, it, it, in part, it might undermine a little bit, but in part, it might inspire. And I think that's why I'm including it as my pick for this week is, is to inspire listeners not to, 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 to go out and, and to make some abstract images. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You were? It's quite, it's, sorry, it's, it's quite a nice, <laughs> there's quite a nice formula to it, like for anybody who was starting out um, in those tips. There are definitely, you know, lines of inquiry, shall we say, if you're experimenting, but it's it, it's very loose at the same time, like simplicity, composition, <laughs> angle of view, and they're all just things to consider and easy things to consider and, and you can get some, like, um, lovely results. Yeah. Yes. Play is important, isn't it? Fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, What's your pick, Eva? Yeah. My pick, um, I have to say this topic made me kind of dive back into the past and kind of figure out where it all came from. And then I was looking at the kind of painting, what was going on there and what was going on in kind of psychology and photography. So I, the future didn't really come into it for me. So my, I have two picks this week and one of them is historical and one's contemporary. So the first one is Alfred Stieglitz and it's a cloud series that he uh, did yeah. and, and <laughs> repeated over. But like, Something that every, I don't know, I do this quite a bit and I I'm forever take pictures of the clouds and now I don't use them, but I like to take pictures of them just for myself, <laughs> for my own pleasure. Um, and I love the sky and I love to look at the sky and cloud formations are fascinating. So what's not to love about these? And they are clearly abstract, but also 
clearly skies and I found a really good quote from him um, which I thought was really fun and he said through clouds I wanted to put down my philosophy in life to show that my photographs were not due to subject matter not to special trees or faces or interiors or special privileges clouds were there for everyone no tax on them as yet they're free and nice. he, he over eight years he made a whole series of cloud studies um, so um, that was my first pick so um, the link will be there and go in and check that out and the second one was contemporary and this was the lady that I found when I was looking for inspiration and her name is Frances Seaward uh, or Seaward I'm not sure how you pronounce it um, British lady but based in the US and um, her whole philosophy is quite similar in that um, very abstract images, but almost inner scapes is is a way she describes them in her. And she has a blog and everything, but very much uh, her work is all about um, presence. And she's influenced by Buddhism and the Tao and uh, all those lovely things. And they're so calming to look at. Um, and she's got an unusual process as well, um, which involves glass. Um, oh right, okay. I'll have to have a read about the process. The images look great, but I haven't had like paintings as well in their own right. So, yeah, very interesting lady and worth looking up her work. I think. Yeah. Who put? Did someone put Stephanie Young's photography up? Uh, yeah, that was me. Uh, uh, not not as my pick, but it was it was just in the show in the show notes there. Uh, uh, and uh, it's, it's, her work is genius. It's just f- phenomenal. It's so beautiful. It is. It's it's a good example for me of using modern technology to to create abstract photographic images. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and uh, the the link I put in the show notes. Uh, the first image is uh, it's, it's done with a lot of it's done, I think, with camera movement. Um, uh, but and, the, br- and brushes uh, and brushes as well. The for the first image is New York City. So yeah, but it very much in the abstract. Uh, mm. The second one, which has made me laugh, is a, is of a town called Pitlochry, which I actually quite, happen to know quite well. But is right in the middle of Scotland, <laughs> oh, yeah. is, and is a, and is a really is a really small place, and 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 nothing like New York. <laughs> so, uh, it just so happens that I got married about five miles outside of Pitlochry. Oh, but that, uh, is there, oh yeah, and I I, had, uh, I chose Andrew Gray's photography, which is in the very. Um, world that both of you have chosen uh, you know it's again very dreamlike um andrews or andrew s gray um photography and um the link is up there and the work is very beautiful very soft again it's very dreamlike uh, interior and begins as landscapes or architecture but doesn't end up they're very yeah, I mean, he says he's inspired by the paintings of old English masters. Oh. Good stuff. And, and I, you know, I did put up some, you know, early work of, you know, Jaroslav Rossler, who worked abstractly in the twenties and thirties, and you know, you know, you're the, you know, the Stieglitz. It it has been something that people have been doing for an awful long time, okay. ever since they, ex, you know, explored photography and painting too. Yeah. So um, I would say serendipity is the way to go this week. That's a nice way. That's a nice way to conclude uh, an episode of the future of photography, isn't it? If people do take those pictures, maybe they could use the hashtag and um, we might be able to see our Instagram account. 
Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Yes. Uh, our, our new Instagram account uh, that we're using, uh, as you might expect, uh, TFOP now uh, uh, is the is the name of our account, TFOP uh, now, N-O-W, uh, same as we are on Twitter. Uh, and of course, the hashtag can be used, as Ema says, to, to, to bring lots of things to, to our attention. Always love seeing everybody's images. Um, and uh, that's uh, the best way to get hold of us on the internet, really. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And and if, unless you want the back catalogue, uh, this is show 121, I think. Yes, 121. So, uh, yeah, there's quite a lot of back catalogue to get through, uh, which you can find on thefutureofphotography.com. Oh, and happy belated St. Patrick's Day to everybody. <laughs> because that was yesterday. Yeah. Damn it! This should have been an Irish team show. This <laughs> should, should have been an Irish team show. Yes. Too late now. Okay. Well, great. Uh, I, I think that's us done. And is it Jeremiah? Yes, it is. And uh, you know, stay tuned for another episode in a week. Uh, and you know, keep joining us. Keep posting. Keep shooting. Keep abstracting. <laughs> Absolutely. Take, take care, everybody. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. 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 You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Hold up. 